0: Welcome to Around the IT Block Podcast, presented by HPE. I'm your host, the IT Oddfather, Calvin Zito. This is podcast number 31, and this is the first post-Discover podcast I'm doing, and I think it's going to be a very cool conversation because there was some stuff that got revealed as a future thing coming during Fidel Russo our CTO's. session that she had. And I have Dennis Vilford on our podcast today to talk a little bit about one of those things, Project Edge Cluster. So Dennis, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to everybody, tell everybody what you do. And um, yeah, this will be a fun time, I think.
1: Sure. Hey, thank you very much for inviting me. I appreciate it, uh, Calvin. It's great to be here with you. And yes, uh, Discover was phenomenal. And uh, as you said, one of the exciting things was the edge cluster. So, what do I do? Uh, I'm actually the uh, sort of director of go to market for HP GreenLake, the whole edge strategy. So, it's a very exciting time. We're going to do some very cool things in the coming year. And it's not very
0: often that we stand up and tell people this is what's coming. I mean, we give people our vision, but to get up in front of a a session at Discover in a packed house, show pictures of hardware and say, this is what we're doing. That's effectively what Fidelma did. So let's talk a little bit about what is the problem we're trying to solve with having an edge cluster program that we're working on and we're going to deliver sometime soon.
1: Yeah, so uh, let me see if I can break it down a little bit. So the number one problem we're trying to solve is that data that can move to a public cloud instance, whether that's AWS, Google, or Azure, has already done so. And what we're beginning to see from IDC and others is that it's roughly around 30, 35 percent of the data that's suited for being processed in someone else's data center. Which, as we all know, is a good idea because that means you don't have to worry so much about buying the gear and operating the gear. And that leaves us which of course, the 70 percent can't move. And if you then break that down further, you're realizing that roughly 50 percentage points is actually not in the data center. So then you start asking, well, where is it? And the answer is, is everywhere. So everywhere is what we IT folk normally call the edge. Although Joe's Bar and Grill, those are just the restaurants he operates. You know. So so what is really going on is we're trying to solve for the distributed computing for all that data that cannot move that needs to be operated upon right then, right then. And if you insist on moving it to a public cloud you actually push outside the opportunity window to create business value of that data. So you have no choice. You've got to put compute next to where the data is and leave the data alone.
0: So one of the questions I've been asking for a while, probably at least a year or two, Dennis, is, gosh, you know, these SMBs, they're not enterprises. They're not going to use a huge uh, HPE GreenLake instantiation. And where exactly does GreenLake start that, a customer who's maybe like an SMB, smaller customer, smaller environment or locations like uh, edges can start. So what about that customer that's, you know, they're, they're not a fortune 50 customer, but they do have, you know, maybe a few edge locations. They're a, you know, an ice cream shop that has multiple locations in a small geographic area, but they want something like what we're talking about here. What's the starting point for that kind of customer? And is this going to be, you know, really an IT solution through HPE GreenLake that's going to address that for them?
1: Yeah, so you're, you're hitting on something here that's That's really a big deal. That is how small can you make it? It certainly is no big, big problem for us. We've done it forever to build large data centers, right? When we build like an Oak Ridge, that's a very large data center with lots of firepower. So the trick is, how can you shrink that down? And and, it, and, the, and I have to look at hardware first here, frankly, because when you look at it, what we can do today in a 1U high server, right? Just take uh, DL365. as a good example. Two socket AMD, right? 64 cores per socket. So that's 128 cores per rack U. So when you say, well, wait a minute, if I built a small cluster uh, like of, of those kinds of building blocks for a small enterprise or distributed enterprise, right? Basically for an on-location, it could be a factory, five factories, 10 factories, 200 factories. doesn't really matter, but it's the same sort of shrunken down data center. It turns out that that is the equivalent of what would have taken me 20 years ago would have taken me 16 racks to do. So the first thing that happens is, hey, we can actually shrink the whole experience down because of the footprint and the density is within reach. So it's small cluster and in terms of cost, for example, if this is SMB as you're asking for, right? small, medium business, they're not interested in spending a lot of money if they wanna purchase the gear. So forget GreenLake for a second, they're just gonna just buy some gear and run it in the back of the shop. Well, it's a cluster like that can be done for less than 10,000 bucks. So this is the trick. How do you make high availability affordable yet powerful. And then, of course, comes the answer. Hey, you know, wait a minute. I got 100 different restaurants. I don't have IT personnel that can even run that. I want you to run it for me. And at that point, it becomes a green lake conversation. So it really starts with the hardware. And then we, we add the software on top, the control plane, the whole bit. And then we can run anything you want. You want to run VMware. You want to run containerized workloads. We have the SML data fabric. We have so many tools in our tool chest that we can do almost anything you want. So
0: let's talk about what that stack looks like. I mean, I watched the session that was at Discover that Fidelma did. It starts at the bottom of the stack, there's networking and there's storage and compute nodes. And the next two layers of this um, solution are data management and workload management. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, you've kind of hit on it, but when we talk about data management, you know, there's lots of things we do there. You know, it may be that wanting to use something like Esmeral Data Fabric, but maybe it's not DevOps. What what are we doing in that data management layer that makes this a solution for customers to run all kinds of different things in a edge location?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's a very good point, Calvin. I mean, you got you got to start with the network, right? Because when you're dealing with Joe's Bar and Grill, or or ABC Enterprises, manufacturer, or hospital chain, something like that, right? That just needs a little bit a powerful compute, not a big data center, but a little data center in a can, what do they need? Well, if they're running a distributed enterprise, which they all are, you have to have network connectivity. Right? And then you say, well, if I'm running a hospital, I can't have the server go down, and all of a sudden we lose a patient in the middle of operations because you know we lost the server. That's, that's not good, so we need to have higher availability. So the way this starts is you actually take redundant set of top of rack switches, like you would have done if you build a big data center, you've just shrunken it down. So you start with the network, you also put SD-WAN in so you actually have the ability to to have essentially a fleet management from a network standpoint in a secure fashion through the network and now once you have the network in place what can we do well you know we have ILO on these servers right so I connect servers of the network, and I actually can now use our ILO facilities and our COM capabilities in in GreenLake to go out and actually make sure the firmware is there, and I actually can run some scripts, and I can even boot up the system with some of the software we have, so I can actually install an OS if it was a complete virgin system. We can get that work working that way. So you start saying, well, wait a minute. Okay, so let's take a look at the hardware. There are two Taberac switches, and then there are a handful of servers, it would tend to be anywhere from three to four, maybe five to six. Depending on the customer's appetite for firepower, right? In a little twelve rack, U uh, high uh, rack that we showed at the show, we can actually get eight servers in there and still have room for the bottom, which is a, a uninterruptible power supply. So think of this as a integrated little nanosized data center that can go anywhere. Now. So you say, all right, so what about storage? Where's the storage here? Is there a storage array? No, there isn't, because you typically will have storage inside the servers. With modern NVMe Flash, you can actually have a tremendous amount of IOPS and throughput. But so what you do need is what you are poking at. You'd have to have the ability to federate the storage in these servers together to form a high-availability cluster. So that means we need software-defined storage. That's the first part of the data management layer. Then on top of that, it would be nice we can actually find our data across Joe's Barn Grill or 200 hospital locations. So we need a global namespace. And it turns out, guess what? The Esmold Data Fabric does a great job. And I, and I don't think a lot of people know, you said DevOps there. I don't think a lot of people know that uh, esmo Data Fabric happily can provide an NFS mount for things like VMware. So for purposes of the workload, this is actually where the customer has a preference. Not so much when it comes to the data management layer on the hardware and the network, that's assumed sort of semi commoditized. Well, what they care about is, well, we're a VMware shop. Okay, so that means your orchestration layer from a workload perspective better be VMware. And then we have other customers who say, no, no, hold the phone. I'm a Kubernetes shop, okay? I want to run Kubernetes. And other people have preferences and say, no, I want to run a light Kubernetes. So here we're going to have K3S at the edge. And then other people, and like Carestream is a good example. They want to do fleet management of those containerized workloads using Rancher. So, so again, customers have choice. And the higher up we go from the hardware, uh, there, there are going to be different flavors of ice cream. And the good news about us as a company building this stack, right, is that we can actually use the small data fabric. Uh, as, a, as a shim between the hardware and the operating environment on top. And it turns out that we offer all the choices. If you want to run Red Hat, for example, right? if you say, I want Red Hat, but I want Global Namespace, well, we can run Red Hat on top of uh, the ML Data Fabric. That doesn't stop customers from also saying, no, no, I don't, I don't need the SML Data Fabric, I want to run the Ceph, right? So their customers have preference, and to the, to the tune that they have preference, we will honor that preference.
0: What it almost sounds like you're describing to me, Dennis, I I mean, these are the words that Fidelma used. This
1: this is actually like a software-defined edge computing.
0: That's That's what we're talking about
1: here. 100%. Yep, you're spot on. That's exactly what it is because people just want a cloud experience. Right. So a cloud experience, how do we create a cloud experience for the distributed enterprise? Well, this is the funny thing. People tend to forget that. and go, Oh, yeah. Cloud, cloud. Right. It's become so nebulous. No pun intended. Right. But it's become so so I don't touch any hardware anymore. Yeah. Well, hey, wait a minute. If you have Joe's Bar and Grill or 200 hospital locations, we have to have if the cloud has to come to you. For purpose of your data, right? We we leave the data at the hospital, at the factory, and then we need compute upon the data right there in real time. If we have to do that job, we need to put some hardware in the actual location. Now, many customers will say, "Whatever you put in, whatever you need, we will just sign here on the dotted line for GreenLake, and we assume that you know what you're doing, and that's totally fine." And that's where we are landing now with uh, the the the. Uh, the distributed enterprise customer. They want to consume a service, but they want a cloud experience, a cloud that comes to them. So then the question really is, you can't do that with hardware only. (laughs) You have to have a software defined entity where hardware and software comes together. One of the things we talk a lot about is, think of this as the iPhone for the enterprise, right? An iPhone is hardware, certainly. It's hardware optimized for the job, certainly. It's also a lot of software. And, and that's exactly the, the metaphor here. We need to have each hospital location has to have a little, a little mini data center, a little nano-sized data center in the corner, for purposes uh, that is germane to the stuff going on in real time in that location.
0: So as you've described this, um, it's obviously very ed-centric. These are not very large, or they can be very small um, racks. You said what, 14U is kind
1: not 12U, small smaller, smaller still. We have some that are just uh, 2U. No UPS, right? We have coffee okay. shops. We have coffee shops where we just have one server at the, uh, bolted to the wall. This can get very, very, very small, and and uh, it has to do with what is the high availability profile of the customer. So, yep. so get getting things small <laughs> and, and powerful is actually uh, something we can do today. 128 cores in one rack. U. So servers are more powerful now than ever. And as we also announced on the, at the show, uh, we're we're coming out with some ARM systems that has 128 ARM cores in one Rack U. That's why the hardware is so important that we shouldn't forget about the hardware, because the hardware is actually what allows us to, to play the honey, I shrunk the data center game. We're just putting it everywhere. Because now the bigger issue is, what's the service level that we're delivering? And also to deliver that service level, it, we actually have to have a truck roll. Someone has to have a truck roll. It'll be great if it's UPS or a Federal Express, right? We just send a package out there and the local electrician just plugs in the box and automation takes over. That's actually the vision for this. And you can argue what we showed at the show was that vision brought to reality. However, uh, the software is still being worked, uh, but the hardware can be purchased today. So if anyone who's listening into this podcast goes, wow, I'd like to build a little powerful cluster like that, is that something I have to wait for? And the answer is no. We have all the building blocks that we showed at the show, uh, anywhere from DL160 all the way up to DL365s, DL325s, 320s. You can pick anything you want, right? Any of the one high server. Could you even do two high servers? Sure, but keep it small. That's the point here.
0: Okay, so let's bring this back to GreenLake because... I think of GreenLake, obviously, the cloud that comes to you, we talked a lot about it, Discover, the edge to cloud platform. And the underpinning of GreenLake is a platform that is providing services. And and that's a big focus of Fidelmas, too, right? It's delivering that GreenLake platform. You're not going to have all the GreenLake platform infrastructure at all these edge locations. So what I'm envisioning here is this is a distributed edge cluster, but it's Phoning home somewhere so that GreenLake can manage this, isn't it? What's that look like from an architectural standpoint? Where's the Green Lake platforms sitting that we have all these edge locations?
1: Okay, so now let's break down a little bit what the Green Lake platform is. And this has maybe not been as obvious as as it is to an edge guy like me, but it because if you're in the data center, you maybe have one or two, three, maybe five data centers. You don't really have a fleet management conversation, right? So, but with at the edge, when we're dealing with 200, 3,000, 35,000 edge locations, we need to have a fleet management conversation pretty quickly. And then you start, if, if you can just imagine 100 locations to make it a little less sort of mind-numbing, 100 locations, how do you manage those? Well, you want, you want homogeneity across some of them, maybe all of them. So how do you manage that? There are two pieces to this. There has to be a sort of catcher's mitt at the edge location. And there has to be a fleet manager at the at, at some central location. Think of this, the best way to think of this as the old you know, old Wild West, you know, the stagecoach, right? The guy who, is, who has a span of horses, he has the reins for all the horses. Well, that's precisely what we need for fleet management. We have individual horses at each location, but we need the reins to manage them all as a span. So that whole span of horses, or in this case, edge computing clusters, actually needs to be Organized from a central location, and what we do is we actually leverage things that we have done with uh, uh, with networking, right? So today, you I don't know if you saw the Edmonton demo. You probably did at the at the show at the keynote. Brian Anderson was demonstrating this, and he showed Edmonton the new GUI, right, the new, new uh, green egg GUI. That's actually a portal that's running at a cloud at a cloud instance. Okay, but what it does is. It is the central location that orchestrates all the distributed locations. So whether you have two data centers or 2,000 little data centers, it's the same experience. It reaches out to that location, updates the firmware, makes sure that that thing is running the right VMs and so on. And you're right, when you're building large cloud modules that are a rack, you can afford to have that as maybe hardware. So you have a certain little bouquet of servers that are managing the rest of the stuff in, this, in the system. At the edge, you don't have that freedom. There, you actually have to have 100% software defined. So, if you imagine four nodes or three nodes in a little cluster, let's say you're running Kubernetes, well, there'll be Kubernetes instances that are actually running the rest of the cluster. Where have we seen this picture before, you might ask? And the answer is that's exactly how, how a Rancher works, right? If you do Rancher, as a, as a good example of this fleet management there's a rancher mothership that manages the whole fleet and then there's a rancher instantiation at each individual edge cluster and that is what allows you to spin up additional kubernetes clusters so there has to be that control plane and and getting that control plane 100 uh, software defined and across large numbers of edge locations that's what we're working on In, incidentally we will probably leverage some of the partners we have. If you notice at the show, we signed a, a resale agreement with our friends from SUSE. We resell SUSE Ranger. We resell K3S now. So you don't have to go through partners anymore. So we're constantly making decisions. Build or buy, build or buy. But I will say this. The stack we just talked about a second ago, so each layer of this stack has to be fleet managed. But when, it then, when we then take a look, where's the magic? Is the magic just managing a bunch of switches? No, that's sort of like jacks are better to open, right? The, the, the value is I can align all these stacks, network, server, storage, data management, workload instantiation. I can align that all to the job that needs to be done. And that alignment is actually fleet management across layers. So we have two layers of fleet management. We have sort of like the one-to-many, right? Which is true for all fleet management. Then we have the one-to-many across the layer cake that is the actual software-defined edge cluster. And in there lies the magic, and in there lies the challenge. And that's what the GreenLake Cloud Platform is working to solve.
0: So Dennis, you've kind of suggested that there's parts of this that are available today. There's some software that's going to make it easier to manage in the future. What can you tell us about when we'll see more of the solution that Fidelma talked about from the stage to discover?
1: Appreciate that. So the hardware clearly to run the cloud that comes to you is available, right? You can do this today. So for example, if you say, I am an Azure Stack customer, yes, you can run Azure Stack HCI. If you say, no, no, hold the phone, we're a VMware shop, you can run VMware today right? That's not a problem. All that stuff is all checked out and okayed on all our servers. So you can take that little 12 rack U or 10 rack U chassis, fill it full of servers to your heart's content, and off you go. That That stuff you can do today. That's not the magic. The magic is, how do we actually manage this? And as I alluded to, we don't call it Lighthouse anymore. We call it Cloud Modules now. But you remember the full rack, the full full. It was a full rack implementation with shared storage at the bottom. What we old-timers would have called a conversed infrastructure with switches and sort of an ice gussy sand inside a, a, a large can. Well, now now comes the challenges that, as you said, SMB or a small restaurant or something like that, they don't need that much firepower. And actually, we need to shrink that further. And that means it has to be software-defined. And that's the part that is not yet released. That control plane is not yet there, but we are hoping to get there very, very quickly. So where are we today? We we are coming sort of from the data center out, but what we really are trying to apply is the opposite view, an edge-in view, right? edge to the to the central location because when 70% of the data is sitting in a data center and 50% of that 50 percent points of that are sitting at the edge we got to start with the data first and if you start with the data first and say well the data is actually at the edge you got to start with the edge first ah big idea so it's not about we uh, uh, the cloud is well I know we say the cloud that comes to you we probably should say the cloud experience that comes to you because location matters because data has gravity, right? So that's the whole reason we're having this discussion. If all my workloads could run happily at AWS or Azure uh, or or Google Cloud, we would have to sell servers to Google and to to Microsoft, and that'd be the only customers we had left, right? But turns out, no, that's actually not the reality. We had uh, a big manufacturer customer saying to us the other day, i got 360 uh, manufacturing locations worldwide, most of them are in India and China, Uh, Each individual location, the data that runs in that factory, that is what the factory runs on. And I cannot move that data anywhere. And that's a huge, 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 huge motivation for this distributed computing concept. So do we have the control plane? I'd say we, we, are, we used to live in the data center. Now everything is becoming a little data center. And then we need a distributed fleet managed control plane to do so. And that's where the software-defined edge cluster lands. So, yes, that's the piece. Everything else you can buy today, you can, if you want, you can do this with SimpliVity, two nodes all day long. Many customers do that, right? You can do this with Nutanix, three three to four nodes all day long, right? All that stuff is shipping. Red Hat, same thing, right? You can do that today. But where's the elegance? The elegance is the integrated fleet management across the stack and across locations. And that's the piece that we will release as soon as we can. You know, since we're talking about
0: things that, are going to be coming in the future. I want to give people where they can learn more. And there was only so much we could do on a podcast, but I think you would agree with me, Dennis. The big thing we want people to do is go watch Fidelma's uh, session at Discover. The easy way to find that is go to hpe.com DMN, Discover More Network, DMN. And if you scroll down the page, you'll see her session. It says secure compliant. And simple learn how HPE GreenLake can power your distributed enterprise, and that's where Fidelma talked more about uh, Project Edge cluster. So that's a great place to go. And you, I suppose, I didn't actually make it to that session because I had a conflict, but I have watched it. I suppose you were there. I well, mean, what comments can you make about what Fidelma had to say in encouraging people to go watch it?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you if you really want to understand why this is a big deal, Fidelma's uh, keynote is a Perfect place to start because we are arguing that it turns out the world is a distributed place and, and compute and data is everywhere. So the old sort of outmoded notion that, hey, I'm attacking my data management challenges with a centralized paradigm, such as an old central data center headquarters in Chicago, you know, that that's out. And this, and and then even, even the cloud providers, they're busy building out their availability zones, but they still have that problem. You have to get the data to their availability zone. What we're arguing is, and Fidelma is echoing that in this presentation, is that you are your own availability zone. When we talk to customers about that particular set of data, these are real-time data. For example, like if you're in a supermarket, you want to catch shoplifters, you don't have much time between The the, the event goes down and you have to actually react, okay? So you have seconds by which to do stuff and you have megabytes, hundreds of megabytes by which to actually reason over the data. Another good example would be uh, quality assurance in manufacturing with camera feeds. So if you can do a lot of stuff with modern cameras, but you have to be able to make a decision right there and then in real time so you can automate the corrective action. So that means that we we no longer in this world where the data center is this cloistered place where people in white robes are walking around taking care of it. That's completely wrong. When we walk around with a supercomputer in our pocket, and all of us do today, then it's not unreasonable to have a supercomputer in your factory. And this is exactly what this is, right? It's a high core count a very dense cluster, highly available, UPS built in, software driven, software defined, ready to rock and roll, right? So we can do quality assurance or cash uplifters or help doctors diagnose deadly diseases right there and then with live data. So that's the key. So if you want to understand that distributed enterprise paradigm, Fidelma's talk is a perfect place to start.
0: That's great. And one more place I'm going to give people to look. Um, we've just released a bunch of new content and uh, kind of a new structure to hpe.com that's more focused on how we see the world. So if you go to greenlake.hpe.com, across the top, you'll see Edge as one of the options. Click on Edge. And as we start to bring Project Edge Cluster to market, the software piece of it, there'll be tons of content there for people to consume. So Uh, Dennis, I appreciate you joining me today. This has been really enlightening. Had a great time talking to you at Discover and glad to get you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you, Calvin. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, and many other podcast subscription services. We've also just got a new home on HPE.com. You can find the podcast on HPE.com slash DMN slash A-T-I-T-B. Love hearing from you on Twitter, where you can find me as Calvin Zito. You can find our blogs at community.hpe.com. Until next time, thanks for joining me.